Support comes from Adelaide Interiors. Their design team can expertly manage every detail of your renovation and remodeling project from start to finish. From bathrooms to kitchens, appliances, cabinets, countertops, flooring, and coverings. More at Adelaide.com. The thing about coming to eat in a tapas restaurant, it's all about sharing. It's all about the experiences, and it creates conversation. People aren't on their phones in this restaurant. They're, they're not looking at Instagram and things like that. They're actually having conversations and talking with each other. So it's different. I'm Delia Colon, and this is The Zest. Citrus, seafood, Spanish flavor, and southern charm. The Zest celebrates cuisine and community in the Sunshine State. Today on the pod, it's tapas time. Learn why Spanish-style small plates are perfect for Florida's warmer months and find inspiration to host your own tapas get-together. Hi, it's Terry Gross, the host of Fresh Air. We bring you in-depth, long-form interviews with actors, directors, musicians, authors, journalists, and more. Listen to our Peabody Award-winning Fresh Air podcast from WHYY and NPR. As the weather heats up, it's the perfect time for tapas. Spanish-style small plates are unfussy, shareable, and can be served hot or cold. I recently visited Ceviche Tapas Bar and Restaurant in St. Petersburg. You'll hear some of the pre-lunch bustle in the background. There, I met up with co-owner Lee Carlins and sommelier and beverage director Jackie H., In our conversation, Lee and Jackie describe how tapas are traditionally served in Spain, explain how tapas encourage conversation around the table, and suggest accompanying drinks. Throughout the interview, they throw out lots of tapas ideas for you to try at home, including kid-friendly, plant-based, and more. Jackie speaks first. St. Pete is really a destination, not just for locals, but for people from all over the world. We have a lot of events here. We have a lot of world-class events. We have the Grand Prix here, which kicks off the IndyCar season. So it appeals to people that are out commiserating. And I tell everybody, you can tailor your experience. You can come in and have a couple of tapas and be on your way, or you can come in with 20 people or 10 people and just fill your table with food and beverages and everybody shares and commiserates and has a great time. It is always a good memory when you're sharing food. Mm-hmm. Lee, what is the restaurant known for? Experience. You know, when you talk to people about ceviche, they all have some memory or some experience about something in their life that happened with them. Either they had a wedding and then they came to Ceviche, or they got engaged at Ceviche, or when I tell people I work for Ceviche, oh my God, I got engaged with the one that was in Tampa years ago, and we love it, we keep going. So somebody always has a story or memory about coming to Ceviche, and that's really what like Tapas is about, that's kind of how it started in Spain. Let's talk about that, because what is it about Tapas that lends themselves to this sort of fun, nostalgic party atmosphere. It's almost like it sticks with people. Whatever you're doing when you're eating tapas is going to be a good memory. Because I think in Spain, it started in Spain, obviously, and and I think that people had conversations around tapa, and it was always with close family and close friends, and there's always memories and experiences that you remember out of that, and I think that that's kind of how tapas really kind of got started. Jackie, for people who have no idea, who have never come here, never been to Spain, what are tapas? 
I mean, I guess the most simplistic way to uh, describe it is small plates. And as Lee was saying, it started in Spain. And if you go to Europe, people dine much differently. And uh, they were served originally for lunch. But keep in mind, in Spain, that means three o'clock in the afternoon. They're meant to be shared. And of course, that just encourages that kind of convivial experience. I love that. That's fun. And whenever you're sharing food, it's automatically a good time and a good memory. So, Lee, if we were to travel to Spain in our minds, let's all close our eyes unless you're driving. How would they be served in a restaurant in Spain? If you go to Spain, there's roads or alleys, I guess you would say, of tapas restaurants. And it's very common that they do like tapas crawls where they're just going from from tapas restaurant to tapas restaurant to tapas restaurant. And each one specializes in like certain tapas dishes that you can't get at other ones. So there might be, you know, 15 of them on one street, but everyone serves something different. Oh, I love that. The Spanish word tapar means to top or to cover. So how does that come into play when we're talking about tapas? The server or the bartender, they're usually it's a bartender and there's no server. You walk up to the bar and you get it there. They, they have your glass with your cocktail or sangria or sherry with a with like a coaster over it. And then there is a tapa that's put on top of the coaster. It's usually on a toothpick, almost like a pincho style. And, and, and it goes on top of the glass to cover the glass. Okay, so it's almost an accessory to the drinks. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay, let's we'll get into the drinks, but let's talk about the actual tapas. What are you serving here at ceviche? What are some popular tapas in general? So the most popular one we serve is patatas bravas, which is uh, uh, basically a potato wedge that is covered in a spicy aioli. We call it a house aioli, but it's a spicy aioli. It's definitely the most popular one that we serve here. Probably the most well-known tapas around the world, I, I would think. So we say our menu is a little bit more Spanglish. You know, it, it's traditional. The recipes here are as old as the company. I mean, there's some dishes here that we that started with the company 25 years ago, but the recipes have never been changed. In fact, our chef Horacio has been with the company for well over 20 years. Oh wow. Okay, so patadas bravas, and you actually sent us that recipe. My mouth was watering, and I wanted to make it for dinner last night. People can find that recipe on our website, thezestpodcast.com. What are a few other popular tapas? For me, I would say one that really comes to mind, and uh, keeping in mind that tapas, you know, there's a lot of parts of Spain that try to claim tapas, but I most agree that it's Andalusia, which is southern Spain, which is very seafood-heavy. It's traditionally accompanied with sherry that's also made in that region. And the, yep. And the gambas al which is basically just a shrimp seared with olive oil and garlic. That's one of the most popular, common, little bit of red chili flakes. You get, get a little bit of zest and pow on the palate. That's one that uh, really regionally and traditionally correct, if you want to say. And that's a really popular one here. Paellas. I know that's not a tapa, but it's a bigger, you know, a paella is obviously very traditionally Spanish. We serve four different types of paella here. So we do a seafood, we do a pork and chicken, we do a vegetable, and then we do a, a uh, it's called a negra, which is a, it's used with the black squid ink. So the rice comes out, it's black, and then there's, we serve it with uh, popo, which is octopus. Wow. Okay, I was going to ask you how you fit paella on a skewer. Yeah. <laughs> That's not very one carefully. Of, but it's another, you know, the thing, that, the thing about coming to eat in a, in a tapas restaurant, it's all about sharing. It's all about the experiences, and um, it creates conversation. When you walk around in here, like, we get to walk around and watch people, obviously, because we're, we're managing. 
people aren't on their phones in this restaurant. They're they're not looking at Instagram and things like that. They're actually having conversations and talking with each other. So it's different, you know, and that's really how why it's so popular, obviously, in, around the country now. And it's really been driven by the millennials because of the way they eat. Interesting. Okay, I'm an elder millennial, so say more about this because you're right. At most restaurants, people are staring at their phones yeah. half the time. But what is it about tapas that creates that atmosphere of conversation? You know, it's hard to it's hard to explain, but it's about sharing. So I think when when you come into a regular restaurant, you get an entree. If you come with other people, everybody gets their own food and they they don't share really. Here, the whole the, the way the environment is here and the it, it is for sharing. So everybody can get different menu items and they're small and then everybody can taste and share off off of them. So when there's a party of five or six in here, you'll see they'll get 10 different plates and they're passing them and sharing and they're talking about it. And that's what the tapas kind of creates is that conversation. Well, and I think just the ordering process that Lee's talking about, that in and of itself is a conversation starter. You have to talk to the people at the table like, well, what do you this? Do you want that? Or let's do the ribs. And then that starts, oh, my gosh, I may have the best rib recipe. You never, it just people, again, people start talking and communicating. And it's just, it's like a family sitting around a table. That's so fun. And I think a lot of families sitting around the table maybe would want to try to create their own tapas night at home, whether it's a party, a bridal shower, guys night, whatever it may be. So do you ever make tapas at home? And do you have any tips for the rest of us? I think everybody makes tapas at home. I mean, a we might not call it tapas, that. Yeah. Right? Really? Yeah, okay. It's a basic form of tapas. Is a charcuterie board. Sure. Because there's just a little bit. You, you load up your plate. I, I feel like any food and beverage cultures are, they're kind of, they, they go over boundaries because we're all human and we all kind of do the same thing. So maybe just even like a potluck that, that you have could be considered tapas because you're putting a little on your plate here, a little on your plate there. Anything that you can share and have more than one or two bites of, I think falls into that category. So there's there's no rules. Just, you know, tell everybody, bring something that you like. And I mean, meatballs are great for tapas because it's a couple little bites. So that's a good guideline is something that maybe is two or three bites. So you can try a lot of different things. But I think it's pretty easy. It doesn't, ha- doesn't have to be Spanish food to be tapas. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. I like- if you go to a wine bar. Okay, and they and they serve small plates. It's an Americanized form of tapas at a wine bar. Finger foods. Yep. I mean, or a cocktail party, right? Yeah. I mean, even for that part, really, if you look at tapas, that's kind of the forerunner to what we look at as the modern day happy hour, which we still have here in Florida. You know, you come in and you have a beverage, and of course, you don't just want to drink on an empty stomach because it's happy hour is kind of at the end of your day, much like it is in Spain, kind of in the middle. And so you you order a couple little bites to eat. Usually they're smaller portions, and you have your glass of wine and your beverage. And it's, you know, it all kind of morphs into the same type of philosophy. Support comes from Adelaide Interiors. Their design team can expertly manage every detail of your renovation and remodeling project from start to finish. From bathrooms to kitchens, appliances, cabinets, countertops, flooring, and coverings. More at Adelaide.com.
Okay, let's throw out some ideas because I could see someone planning a book club meeting or a holiday party or a, even a date night maybe and wanting to experiment with tapas. You mentioned meatballs and some of the more Spanish-inspired tapas. What are some other maybe unconventional ingredients we could include? I love seafood. So any kind of like shrimp is great because you can get one nice size shrimp and that would be a great little starter to a tapas. You know, here in this area, we have stone crab, which we all love. And that's that's really a great option. Crab um, and also vegetables, too. I'm a, I'm not a vegetarian, but I have a very vegetable heavy diet. So, you know, we have Brussels sprouts on our menu here, but also um, glazed carrots are a very traditional tapa that's served in Spain. So, you know, it's everybody's included. I love that. And I am a vegetarian, so that's right up my alley. I want you to paint a picture for me. Like, are we eating this with our hands? Are we eating it with a tiny fork? Hot, cold? People like directions. <laughs> so traditionally, if it's a pincho, it's served on a stick, a wooden pick, like from a bar. Mm -hmm. And they're bite-sized. That's what will come on the, the lid, the tapa. But here, I mean, you know, here you're sharing, so it's more, it's, there's either tongs in the dish where you can share and you can pass it around, or you're using a fork. For your hands, I guess you could use your hands. If you're using your hands, then but, you're really, so you're so a we family, serve, we yeah. serve, we, here's, here's a non-traditional, going back to the question you asked Jackie, we do, we do ribs here, and we call them Spanish ribs because of the way we dry rub them. And so using your hands to eat those, but they're like, fall, they're baked in the oven for like six hours, and they like, just fall off the bone. And they're oh, super man. popular, but that's a very uncommon tapas Yum. or ribs. And you mentioned pinchos. My husband was born in Puerto Rico, and he, as a college student at USF, sold pinchos outside of a barbershop. <laughs> so you see pinchos all over Florida, and I never really thought of the Spanish origins of but that. But it could also be, well, that just reminds me, I mean, it could be a sandwich. So, like, mm. a bikini sandwich is a famous sandwich in Spain. It's really a grilled cheese with jamón or biota you know, the, a ham, okay. and the crust is usually cut off of it, and they're served in quarters and triangles, and a, a non-traditional one, you can put other stuff so in it. So you can put bacon, like a sardine, I'm sure tomato, oh, sardines, yep. there we yep. go, okay. Yep. Now, okay, I've got kids. How can I get them in on this? Actually, I'm planning both of their birthday parties right now, and I could see doing some finger food, tapas-style menu items because kids aren't going to sit down and eat a three-course meal. So every kid that comes in here will eat the patata sprouts. Oh my gosh, because it's like french fries. It's like french fries, and a lot of times we'll do them with no sauce because they don't know how spicy they are. So we'll serve the sauce on the side and they'll, they'll kind of dip it in there. Like a bikini sandwich would be great for kids because it's a, basically a grilled cheese. Is it called bikini because of the triangles? It's called bikini because in Barcelona there is an arena and it was famous for they would have food vendors out there and it has something to do the bikini has something to do with the name of the arena oh. um, and the location of where it is interesting and it was named or dubbed the bikini okay because i'm like if you're trying to fit into your bikini you probably don't want to no, be smashing no. oh. grilled cheese sandwiches <laughs> I was like, what i was looking for it depends was, on the bikini you, you can actually put you can put you can put truffles on that sandwich also oh. and elevate that sandwich to a you know different type of grilled cheese you could do a whole grilled cheese party oh yeah you can do you can do five different sandwiches that are, are totally different oh my gosh okay let's let's go there what would be <laughs> what would be your sandwich throw one out for me i think i would i'll start <laughs> i would probably do something with nutella in it i don't know maybe that's like a dessert oh you're going straight to dessert yeah well, that's fine i love nutella life is short eat yeah dessert first. right 
Maybe like Nutella with strawberries? You could. What would you do? I think I'd do um, manchego cheese, biota, which is the uh, aged ham, and some truffles. Mmm, that's very high. You went high and I went low. (laughs) (laughs) Jackie, what would you do? I would definitely do like a nice piece of crisp bread with maybe a little bit of a softer cheese and probably some tomato and spinach, a little bit of garlic and olive oil. That's right. That's right in my wheelhouse. Mm. A nice glass of crisp white wine or a glass of kava. I'm good. Okay, I'm coming to your tapas party. (laughs) Let's hop into the beverages because this is your area of expertise. What are we drinking with all these fabulous tapas? Well, traditionally it's sherry, but sherry is a little tricky for the American palate. We serve a lot of cava here, which is the traditional sparkling wine from Spain. And it's uh, made very much in the same method as champagne, depending on on the quality level of, of the wine. You know, some will be aged longer than others. That's a whole different conversation. But also Spain is known for its red wines. You know, there's, depending on the time of year, sometimes people get more towards the white wines. We've got Tempranillo, which is the king of grapes in Spain. It's kind of Spain's answer to Cabernet, but then also you get up into the northwest part of Spain and you have some really beautiful Albarinos, which have a lot of maritime influence and just some real salinity and bright flavors from those gorgeous white wines. Oh man, now I want to just grab my passport and head to Spain. But the climate of someplace like Andalusia is not that different from Florida. It's hot. It is hot. (laughs) So we're eating in a similar way. I wish we could take a siesta every day. That would be amazing. Do either of you have a memory of enjoying tapas? We've talked about how they bring people together and how it's this family or party atmosphere. Can you think of a time when you were enjoying tapas, either at ceviche or someplace else that remains with you? I think, and this really is an honest answer, I think any time for me, because I've been in this industry for so many years, that I'm able to actually sit down at a table and enjoy a meal with someone and not have to serve it, that's always kind of a memorable experience for me. And I'm fortunate that I work in an establishment that um, I enjoy. So it is fun to come down here and sit out on our sidewalk and watch the people go by and have a nice glass of kava or maybe a cocktail and just have a few small plates and just relax and just make a memory. I love that. What about you, Lee? Um, The one I think of is, so my my son just got married this past year, and he actually married a wonderful girl from Spain. Wow. Yeah. Um, So we actually That beats my story. Yeah. You win. (laughs) Interview over. So we actually had the night before the wedding here. Oh, like a rehearsal so, dinner? A rehearsal dinner. Yeah, sort of rehearsal dinner with close family and, and friends. And it's really, it, you know, we don't come to the restaurant and eat in a restaurant a lot. When you do, you, re- you you forget how special it is to come in here and sit and eat with family and friends and how the whole tapas experience does make memories. It really does. And I think that's a great way to mix it up, especially the day before a wedding when you'll be having probably a formal sit-down dinner yep. to just yep. kind of relax, let loose. Get your hands dirty. <laughs> well, I like watching everybody kind of what they, you, people start talking about the food and that's where the conversation comes into place. You know, when you're, oh, let me try that. What'd you think of that? You know, let me try that one over there. What is that? That's what's exciting about it. So much fun. Okay. Is there anything else either of you would like to mention about tapas? We're heading into summer. This is the perfect time for a tapas party. Did we talk about whether they should be served hot or cold or does it not matter? 
Well, there's, there's both. Yeah, and I think that's yeah. a fantastic segue because we didn't mention that we actually have ceviche here at ceviche, yeah. and I uh, you better have ceviche. Right. And and I will I for me that's one of my favorite warm weather dishes because it's bright, it's chilled. You've got some vegetables in there. You've got that beautiful seafood, and it, you know it's it pairs with a number of different beverages and. But ceviche is always a great choice. Mm, what are you drinking with ceviche at ceviche? I'm probably going to, if I'm staying in Spain, I'm going to put a nice glass of cava with it because it's got that, it's got the effervescence. It's got the acid that'll stand up to that dish. I also might put a nice Sancerre or a Sauvignon Blanc with it because those herbal notes in there are very complimentary to what you have going on in that dish as well. Nice. Perfect for summer. And sangria. I mean, you know, so so we like selling wine, right? Because that's what really what that's what we want to do. And Jackie's done an amazing job with the wine program, really elevated it. And from wines all not just Spain, but you know, everywhere, all over the world. But sangria is a big, a big seller for us. Oh, that's my drink. I can't believe we we made it this far without <laughs> shame on us. Sangria. <laughs> yeah. It's never too late. So actually, here's a here's a here's a, tip, a fun tidbit about ceviche. So we actually hold the Guinness Book of World Record for the largest sangria pitcher ever produced 2013 wow okay i love sangria do you have any tips i don't know if it's your specialty but do you have any tips for making sangria i think just keep it fun if you can keep it seasonal i i have a seasonal sangria right now that's sparkling wine based uh, sometimes last year I did one that was rosé based. As we get into the winter time and the warmer months, I'll do a red wine base and maybe put some cinnamon and some warm spices in there. But you can really, as long as you, the basic formula is wine. You've got a little bit of the orange liqueur, and then you've got some brandy. But you know you can switch out that orange liqueur for, say, a passion fruit liqueur, or just make sure your flavors are blending together. Get some fruit and get some ice, and have fun with it. Mm, party time! We interviewed uh, Justin Gray, who's a Tampa bartender last season, and he had some good tips for preparing punch mm-hmm. and making like a large Put block of ice. Yeah. Yeah, same thing. Yeah. yeah, and he was saying to make freeze like one of those disposable coolers, fill it up with water, and freeze that. So it's this ginormous ice block that doesn't just melt immediately, mm-hmm. and your sangria stays yeah. the way you want it. Wow, okay, I might need to have a tapas party for myself. <laughs> so I, I just I actually just looked it up. So it was a, it was 1,022 liters. Stop it. Which beat the old record. I think the old record was 1,000. I want to know who drank it. Three people drank <laughs> it. <laughs> it was quite the party. <laughs> well, Jackie and Lee, thank you so You're much. Welcome. This was really thank fun. You. Thank is, you. Is there anything else you want to add that we didn't talk about? Just, you know, I think we, we, we've talked a lot about that experience of, you know, getting people together over small plates and beverages. And I think that that's, that's kind of what, what is addictive about this business for people like myself and like Lee is we love making that experience for you. It's, it's not all about, um, you can't always be part of the experience, but it's kind of greedy on our part that we get to be part of people's experience and make that moment for them. And I think Tapas really lends itself to that. I hope you get to sit down and enjoy some tapas soon. <laughs> Thank, you. Thank you. Thank you. That was Lee Carlins and Jackie Aish of Ceviche Tapas Bar and Restaurant in downtown St. Petersburg. They shared the restaurant's recipe for patadas bravas, 
perfect for your own topless party. And you'll find it on our website, thezestpodcast.com. I'm Delia Colon. I produce The Zest with Andrew Lucas. Our digital team includes Alexandria Ebron and Chandler Balcom. The Zest is a production of WUSF Public Media. Copyright 2023. Part of the NPR Network.